Good morning, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Dad Bod Bible Morning Glory podcast, where I just talk about things that affect men 40 plus, their health, their lifestyle, their fitness. So today I want to talk about methods of training and the reason why men need to drop their egos. Men like at my age and beyond should maybe drop their ego and stop focusing on the numbers that they're always trying to chase and instead focus on their health. Now listen, I'm as guilty as anyone when it comes to chasing numbers and probably, in fact, I'm probably worse than most. The ego definitely gets to you. When you see a big heavy bar in front of you, you want to lift it, you want to press it, you want to squat it. You want to know that you've still got the ability to move heavy weight and it's purely an ego-based uh, regime. Now, my ego has got me in so much shit that I can't move properly anymore. I'm always in pain and that is definitely down to the simple fact that my ego rules my lifting every time. No matter what I do, I try my best to stop it, but the ego gets to me and I want to lift more. I'm never satisfied with what I can currently do and I always want to push myself. For me, that's the hardest battle is always holding myself back. But if you haven't trained before or if you're maybe out of training for a long time and you're think, considering getting into the gym or maybe you're, you've started training and you're getting yourself fitter, but you still can't reach these markers I'm going to talk about, well, then maybe you need to consider you're either training wrong or it's time to start training, depending on where you are in the journey. So I have certain markers that I like to make sure clients and members can do. I don't actually talk to them about it. I just involve it in the program, and then I observe, and I see what they're doing. I see how they can do it. And the first marker I always do is mobility. Okay, I call it markers for health, so your mobility. Can you touch your toes? It's a very, very simple test. You keep your legs straight and you try to touch your toes. If you can't, that's an indication that you've got issues. You've got tight hamstrings and that the reality is if you go into a deadlift position already, you're probably putting yourself in the, uh, in the uh, a range of movement that is going to be putting your hamstrings at their optimal level of tension, meaning that even lightweight could possibly damage you because you just aren't in the, you haven't got the proper mobility to get your body into the position it needs to be in to lift the weight safely. So can you touch your toes? Sorry, my eyes are actually like crazy here today. Um, can you sit in a squat position? This is something, well, I can't do it anymore, but I, I, I counter a lot of men who struggle with this position. Can you simply get into a squat position and stay there comfortably for five minutes? If, you're, if you've got healthy moving body, it shouldn't be that big a deal. Now, there are some people who will have some limb discrepancies and things like that that will maybe make squatting harder than the other than another person but for an average you should be able to sit in a deeper a deep squat position no weight and just be able to relax there so if you can't do that it's another indication that you maybe need to start working on ankle mobility um hip, hip flexion things like that can you reach above your head without extending through the lower back this is something that i encounter every day 90%, more probably 95% of men that come into Primal or any men that I train online, their ability to reach above their head and without extending through the lower back, it's practically none. We, we are, our mobility, our, our focus on how we move has come to such a low level that we have lost the ability to reach above our head. And that's going to get worse as we age. One of the biggest problems for elderly people is actually reaching their hand above their head. And so much so that it's not even, physios wouldn't even use a above the head marker. Like they would be probably here to allow the person, that would be a good range of movement for the average elderly person. That that shouldn't be right. You know, we're, we're, 
we're judging that off what the norm is in society. But the reason that that norm is like society is because we've stopped using this range of movement from an earlier age, and now our body's adapted, and now we're starting to get to this point. As we get to our 70s, 80s, we're now here. That is not a healthy place to be in, and it's something that you need to encounter. It's something you need to own. If you can't get your hand above your head, straight above, with your elbows bent like this, and you try to reach up, that's telling you you're tight lats, you've got tight shoulder girdle, and you need to work that. And then we go into the cardio range. Now, can you walk without? A, can you walk for a full hour without undue fatigue? If you cannot walk for a solid hour without needing a rest or without feeling, oh, I'm fucked, then there's something wrong. Your your fitness is not good. You're probably close to having a heart, heart attack or stroke if you can't manage that type of exercise. The next one of that, if you're okay, you can walk for an hour without undue fatigue. Can you hike up a medium-sized mountain? Like, could you walk up, if you're from Belfast, Black's Mountain? Could you do the whole lap of Black's Mountain without being murdered, without feeling dead? If you can do that, brilliant. If you can't, well, then you know there's something you need to walk on, something you need to work on, and that is should be that should be one of the first goals. If you can walk for an hour, but you can't yet hike the full length of like somewhere like Black's Mountain, or even one of the one of the smaller mountains, one of the main mountains, not sorry, not one of the main mountains one of the lesser-known mountains on the moorings or somewhere like that, then you know that your fitness needs to be required. Your, your cardio element needs to be really attacked. Can you run two miles without the need to stop? Again, that, that running two miles should not be that big a deal. But for a lot of people, that would put the fear on them. And if you can't do it, well, then what actions are you going to take to start countering that? Because the reality is, if you can't do it now, if you start, you will be able to do it soon. But it's going to take a journey, going to require you to do that work. And then lastly, for the cardio, can you run without pain? So if you can run, if you can run, but you're finding like after maybe five minutes, six minutes, you're getting pains in your hips, pains in your lower back, pains in your knees, pains in your ankles. Well, then you know there's something going on in a joint mobility element and the gait you're running in isn't economical. And there's obviously some sort of imbalance happening it could be a core stability problem it could be hip shifting there's something not right there that's causing your your gait pattern to be off meaning muscles that should be working aren't and muscles that shouldn't be working the way they're working are, are compensating and that's causing you pain and again that goes down to a mobility issue and it tells you that you need to start working on things and then we go into strength and this is something when i say strength people get freaked out they think i'm talking about being strong for most guys in their forties and fifties, you're never going to compete. You're never going to. You're never going to be like a bodybuilder or a powerlifter, or you're never going to walk on stage or, or anything like that. You're basically training for health. You're training to make your everyday life easier to manage. So, the 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 strength markers I like to use are ones that I ask myself on an on a daily basis, an average day. What's the average guy going to need to do? Okay, like one of the biggest markers for life expectancy is grip strength. So can you hang up a bar for one minute? Now, if you can't get your hand above your head, chances are you're going to struggle because you're not going to be in the perfect position and your muscles are going to be working differently. They're going to be tight. So there's going to be, it's going to be tough. And also your grip strength probably isn't going to be there. So if you can't hang for a minute, well then start hanging off a bar and time yourself. And every day try to make it longer until you're reaching at least a minute. Grip strength is a great correlation for life expectancy and it's one of the most important things. If you think of a baby, when, when a baby's born, for its body weight and ratio, the grip is the strongest thing it's, it's got. Like it can grip hold of your finger as a newborn and really hold tight, but it can't walk. So grip strength is a key marker. Can you hold a two-minute plank? 
Another one you've got to ask yourself, of course, stability. Can you just, and I, I'm not a big believer in long-term plank holding, right? I don't think it's that beneficial. But as a marker, as a as a guy to see where you're at core stability-wise, it's a good plan. Everyone should be able to hold a plank for two minutes, in my opinion, anyway. I think it's not some, it's not something that around a possibility for 90% of the population to be able to achieve with a bit of training. Um, can you balance on one leg? Each leg for one minute. Can you stand on one leg and balance for a minute? If you can't, well, then there's something wrong. Can you do that and then close your eyes? Once you close your eyes, you're taking away one of your senses and that proprioception that is required. You'll start feeling yourself going all over the place because your eyes are able to focus on one point and that one point helps you and able to keep your balance. But once you close your eyes, you keep that away, you'll find by the way I'm balancing one leg now. You'll see I'm slightly moving more. Because I can feel my legs working a lot harder because I haven't got that ability to focus. So it's another good marker. I like to say, can you do one leg? Can you do both legs for one minute with eyes open? Can you do one leg, both legs for one minute with your eyes closed? It's another challenge. And then lastly, I like to see, can you balance on one leg and move your body from round side, rotate all these different directions while maintaining the balance without losing it, okay? Because again, that is another marker core stability, glute activation, and your balance, your um, vestibular system. Uh, can you get off the floor without assistance from your arms? So this is another po point, and it's a silly marker, but it's actually not. It's a very important marker, but people go, that's stupid. But trust me, your ability to get up and down off the floor without the need of, of other limbs is a crucial marker of life expectancy. The Brazilian Get Back Up test was done over 20 years and hundreds of thousands of people in Brazil. And that, what doctors done was they asked people to get up and down off the floor and use as little limb help assistance as possible. And what that meant was if you could get down to the floor and stand back up without using your arms or elbows or rolling or whatever, you'd score 10 points. For every other limb that touched the floor, that was one point taken off you. So if you had to put your hand down the floor to get down, and then you had to put your hand down the floor to get up, that was your down to eight points. If you had to put two hands on the floor and then one hand to get up, that was seven points. And what they find, don't quote me on this, it was like a six or seven. I think anyone below the eight, below the score of seven, died on every 20 years sooner, bar accidents, etc., um, than someone who could get off the floor who scored above an eight. So if you can get so if you can maintain the ability to get down the floor and stand back up without the assistance of limbs, then you're going to maintain your the chance of you living longer are going to be drastically increased. And these are the small markers that I'm talking about when I talk about health. These these are like what I'd call health strength markers. They're not they're not about ego. They're just simple everyday tasks that you should be considering. Can you do? And if you alone, if you just work on those things alone before we go into the actual strength work. Well, then I can guarantee you, you're going to start improving your health and you're going to start improving your body. If you can touch your toes, if you can run for a mile, if you can walk for an hour, if you can hang for a minute, if you can get up and down off the floor without without using your limbs, um, if you can stand, if you can remain standing for an hour without any pain, these are everyday everyday actions that you're going to take and you're going to do over and over and over again, and it's going to help. If you can improve them, you're going to improve your life. And then I like to go into the actual strength work. Can you complete 10 proper push-ups? Now, a proper push-up for me is chest the floor, lift your hands up off the floor so your chest is on the floor, and then push with a completely straight torso without losing this core stability 
push yourself back into the arm, straight arm position, lower yourself back down, lift the hands on the floor. New 10 of them. Can you do five pull-ups or a chin-up? Right over, chin over the bar, arm full extension, pull right up. Can you do five of them? Can you deadlift your body weight for 10 reps? And can you complete 10 loaded squats to parallel or below? Now, loaded squat to me, for an average guy, I would expect 24 kilo kettlebell or 24 kilo dumbbell. Can you do 10 squats to parallel or below holding a 24 kilo weight in front of you? Can you do, can you deadlift your body weight for 10 reps? Um, if you can't do those four exercises, those four movements, then you've got to maybe start considering that your strength is not where it should be. And it's definitely not where it could be. And the only way you can do that is by exposure to these things. Now, the problem is, if you're training today, right, and you're in a gym, and you're going to circuit classes every day, and you're doing all these wee, keep going, 45 seconds, 30 seconds, but you can't do these markers, you, you still can't achieve touch your toes, you still can't squat 24 kilo for 10 reps, you can't deadlift your body weight, you're wasting your fucking time. You just got to accept it. You're just, you're in the wrong gym. I don't care, and if the gym owners who are listening to this are probably going, well, no, I can't do that. I don't make my clients do that. And then you're crap because you're not focusing on your on their health. You're focusing on making money. You're focusing on trying to build a business. And you shouldn't be, if you're owning a gym and you're, you're, or you're going to the gym, the main focus should be on helping clients' health, improving their health. And people will say, but anything you're doing is you're improving your health, you're removing and improving your health. Yes, maybe so, but... If you can't squat properly for 10 reps with a 24 kilo kettlebell, guys, and, and you're doing shitty squats continuously and you're you're ingraining a bad movement pattern, when it come, when you come to someone like me or one of my peers who are into this type of training and, and actually focus on achieving certain markers, we're going to look at you and go, fuck. And we're going to have to take you right back, strip you right back and give you a really stupid weight and, and really ingrain new clean movement patterns until your body actually starts recognizing these movements as correct. And what that's going to do for you is it's going to damage your ego. Because if you've been going to a circuit class and you're feeling great about yourself and you're thinking, here, I'm getting strong. And then you come to someone like me and I go, yes, I accept what you're saying and I understand it. But here's what I want to do and the reason why. I can guarantee you, you're going to struggle with your ego. You're going to start feeling shit. You're going to start feeling down about it. And the chances are you may quit. You may give up or you may go back to the other gym because the other gym makes you feel better. Ultimately, you're not going to be better though. You're going to continually train bad moving patterns. You're going to continually get, you're going to eventually going to get worse. You are going to get injured. You are going to find yourself come to a point where fatigue kicking in. If you're not focusing on your sleeping, you're not focusing on your recovery. And when you do circuit classes, and you're doing like four or five circuit classes a week, even three high-intensity circuit classes a week in your 40s and 50s, that's not good for you. I don't care if you think you feel great. I'm telling you now, there's too much cortisol going through your body. There's too much stress going through your body. And when you couple that with all the stress we, we experience on a day-to-day -day basis, just through modern-day living, I am promising you, you're on the way to a proper injury. Remember, when you train, the goal of training is to improve your health, it's to improve your body, it's to make you stronger and more bulletproof than you were this time last year. And you hopefully this time next year, if with a tra proper training program, you're going to be even more bulletproof than you are today. But that can't happen if you're training wrong. That can't happen if you're not focusing on markers. That can't happen if you're just doing continuous high intensity circuit type training, hit training every single day or you're pushing yourself to... You're seeing it, your central nervous system, you're pushing it to complete failure with high rep, high rep, heavy weight, or 
powerlifting type exercises over and over again without giving proper recovery. There's so much, there's so many elements that must be considered in the fitness industry and the in training that isn't being considered by the average trainer. And this is why so many people are failing in their fitness journeys. So to consider these, go over the video again, ask yourself point, point by point, can you do all these exercises? If you can, brilliant, then you should probably kick on. If you can't, it's probably a good idea that you maybe kick, step back, step back a bit and start questioning why you're doing the training you're doing and instead focus on hitting these tasks. And once you do that, you'll be good to go. See you next week, folks.